Hello and welcome to Inside Marine, a podcast dedicated to the stories and insights of business leaders from across the marine industry, specifically the super yacht, leisure marine, commercial marine and maritime sectors. Inside Marine is powered by Marine Resources, a leading shore-based recruitment company specialising specifically within these sectors. I'm James Ward, the CEO and founder of Marine Resources and your host here at Inside Marine. It's fantastic to hear these stories and insights and I'm very excited to be able to share them with you today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside Marine. This week, I'm going to be chatting to the CEO of Winch Design, Aino Grappin. Hi there, Aino. Welcome to the show. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really, really great to have you uh, uh, give us some time today. It's such a, such a busy time. And, um, you know, the podcast is about, you know, getting to know you a bit more, you know, understanding a bit more about your journey and what's happening in the business right now. Um, so I'm really excited to get going and we always start right at the beginning. Um, so, you know, tell us how and why did you get into, uh, the marine industry? So I was actually headhunted. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it would be relevant to you. Um, that's, it wasn't my grand plan to begin with. My background is I studied business. I'm French. I've lived in lots of countries. I, I think of myself as European. I studied business. I had a, a pretty broad um, training at the beginning. I, I would call it training, but I was a strategy consultant at Bain & Company. Um, that gave me access to a lot of different types of business issues and then specialized in the art world. So for most of my career, for about a decade, I was at Christie's. I was later at Paddle 8, which was a an online auction house um, selling contemporary art online. So I really worked uh, in auctions and, and selling rare and unique things to the same types of clients that we have now here at Winch. Um, and it really took uh, Jane and Andrew Winch thinking out of the box as they usually do. Andrew is a great out of the box thinker. He's a great creative. And when they were looking for the first CEO for their business in 2016, they actually wanted some someone from outside the industry, but who would be able to cross over. So similar clients, managing creatives, all of those things they were looking for in me. Um, but when I got the phone call, I was very surprised. And I had to admit, I know nothing about yachts. I know nothing about private aviation. And I do know about the world of interiors and furniture, et cetera, but, but um, not, not the winch world of interiors. So um, that's how I, I joined... Um, I guess the marine industry, but also as 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 I said, you know the other things that uh, Winch gets involved with. Absolutely, and you know up, up to now, since you've been in 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 the business, um, you know I guess comparing the the marine side of the business to some of the other areas in the business or or some of the other industries that you've been in, is there um, any kind of I suppose differences that you you've seen or? Maybe anything that's taken you by surprise with the, the marine industry? I must say, I before I joined, Andrew took me to a shipyard to visit my very first shipyard. It was at Amels. I will never forget it. And I went on board several yachts in build. And I thought I had seen it all at Christie's. Incredible paintings, incredible homes, etc. But I just, I just felt like I'd 
I had stepped into a whole different dimension of attention to detail, quality, and custom work. And I really deeply believe, not being a, a, a creative in the classical sense uh, myself, but I really believe that creativity is, is one of the things that you, you can't replace. You can maybe enhance it with artificial intelligence, but I really think creativity is this um, incredible magic um, that, is, that is human. And I really enjoy uh, working with creatives. Um, so, so I think the marine industry takes it to a whole different level. That said, I think that it also benefits a great deal from bringing people from outside the industry, uh, from the space of luxury or hospitality, architecture, uh, for, you know, and within which we have a great diversity of, of people, people who are textile designers or furniture designers, um, procurement specialists, um, marketing specialists, and to bring all of that into the marine industry because it's such a niche mm. that it, it can really um, enrich itself from sort of new ideas. Absolutely. And is there anything that you feel that the marine industry can maybe learn from some of the other industries that you, you've been involved in? So as I, as I said, we, we also are, in, are involved in uh, aviation and architecture, mm. so residential, uh, both exterior uh, of homes and interior. I would say that there are a great deal of residential trends that are permeating into the yacht world um, and into aviation, actually, because most of our clients want their aircraft to not look like aircraft. They want it to feel homey and safe and, and luxurious. So I definitely think that the trends are coming from the residential and the, the feeling of being in a home. And so I think that the yacht industry is taking a great deal of inspiration from that and making the yachts look more like homes. I think that's what we're all saying, you know, very nice homes, but homes nonetheless. And, and I think that, again, the yacht industry can also take inspiration, you know, from hospitality when it comes to, you know, a great bar in a fantastic five-star hotel, that ambiance. Um, and actually, our clients often tell us, this is my favorite bar um, I love this about the spa in this hotel, you know, et cetera. Um, and then we take it to another level, obviously, um, as a challenge. But we, we take inspiration from that, from the luxury world, um, from what is happening in, you know, all of these new showrooms that um, um, the LVMH, you know, uh, LVMH group and Caring are, are showcasing their brands, what they're doing with their brands. Um, and architecture, art, you know, we really try to encourage our teams to go out there and explore the world and to bring all of these things back, um, in, not just on Instagram and not just on Pinterest, but, you know, in the real world to bring it all back into the work that they do. Absolutely. And it's really interesting. You've touched already on the importance of having lots of different types of experience in, in the business um, and that, that kind of diversity of thought and, and ideas. Um, and, you know, I, I, something that's really, really interests me is the journey that you guys have been on in the last few years and, and, and actually kind of made that, that jump 
um, in the uh, I think just over a year ago now to being an employee-owned yeah. business. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the listeners would uh, would really love to hear a bit more about kind of that process and that journey and 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 really you know now a year or so on. How, how's that? How's that working out? Yes. So we, it's actually the whole story probably started over 10 years ago in terms of Andrew and Jane having this first being exposed to the idea of employee ownership and then a very slow maturation because all of the things that needed to happen for this to work were um, quite unusual. I would say in the, in the creative and design industry is for a founder to pass on the reins to the next generation and the next. So for us to become employee-owned, we already needed to stand on our own two feet, if you see what I mean. So mm. he brought in uh, an independent chairman, Clive Harrell, brought in a CEO, myself, um, delegated more and more to his teams and to our two heads. So Jim Dixon is the head of Yachts and Aviation and now creative director and managing partner. And Simon Tomlinson is the same in um, architecture, and they both sit on the operating board with me. Um, and so they uh, interact with clients and manage the projects, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that, ha- and we, then we have a partner group. So all of that structure needed to rest on our shoulders um, so that we could um, we could actually do this transition. Um, otherwise, we're still far too dependent on our one, our own, our own founder. Right. So, um, and, and then the employee ownership doesn't work. So we have become hundred percent employee owned, uh, as you said, just over a year ago, and now we're on this journey. So we have to, um, see what does it mean at Winch to be employee owned? How do we involve people in some of the decisions that we make? Um, how do we, Uh, ensure that people feel like employee owners, not just employees. And what does that mean? Are they taking initiative? Do their ideas count? Um, How do we bring them up? You know, how do we find out about their ideas? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And that is different in any employee business. And it's also, I would say, it's not a magic wand that you can wave and, and everything's perfect. But I think for people business like Winch Design, where our our success factor is is mainly attracting and retaining the best people that we can find in any of the given roles. That is really what we're about. And being employee owned, we felt was the best way to do that now and in the future. So that's why it means a great deal to us. And it hopefully makes us a really great workplace for, um, for all our employee owners. And we're still learning. So we're still on this journey. It's um, you know, whenever I've looked into employee-owned businesses in the in in the past, they talk about the the real importance of the culture of the business, not just kind of the culture that you're trying to create once it's employee-owned, but actually really the culture that you you need to have before you can. I suppose, you know, you know, even consider you know, that, that, that option and, you know, how hard or how much work has really gone into kind of, I suppose, really defining the, the culture at, um, at Winch Design, or is it something that's really kind of quite, quite organically, um, you know, sort of created itself? 
it, it in the first few years of the company, it's very much organic and spontaneous and mm -hmm. actually trying to summarize it in bullet points, probably at that point, it goes very much against the culture, which is um, at Winch Design's always been to care for people um, and to have a family culture. So a real team thing, but that's, it can't be the same when you're 15. Um, or when I joined, we were just 65 and we're now 145. So it can't be the same or you can't go about it in the same way um, exactly to, to, to nurture it and promote it. So we did do an exercise of actually defining this winch way, the, defining that recipe, uh, just so that we could hold on to it and come back to it when we needed to. And we actually published a, a, a little booklet, which we give all our employees. Um, so, so we, we did do that exercise just to like a, like taking a photograph at a certain given time. This is, this is what our culture is. This is what we're about. And then a great deal of effort goes into, um, just nurturing it. So company away days, uh, we just had one last week, which was fantastic. You know, the whole company basically drops everything. Um, we go to, we hire a huge um, venue and we just share and joke and get to know each other and have fun together, uh, parties, um, and then just lots of in-between events, um, lunches that we do together. And um, and then generally also just on the day-to-day -day basis is, do you, you know, is, is your colleague going to help you out when you're struggling? Uh, do you feel like you can go up to anybody and ask questions? Um, you know, and, and just generally just the quality of people I think is really um, going to define the culture because, you know, if you've got a great group of really interesting people, this alchemy of talent, um, then your days are just going to fly by. And if you, um, if you hire you know, really dull people who are just here for the paycheck, then, you know, it's mm. not going to be the same. So we really, really try to, it's so important again, because of the talent, they're here also for the culture. They're here because of the projects and the mm. caliber of projects that we do. They're here because they want to learn, but they're also here because um, of the fun family culture and now employee ownership culture. I think that's another layer that we're adding on top of it. And we're still defining what that means. Who knows? But it's not static. It is It is changing. And you do hear people say, oh, it was different when it was just, I remember just 25 of us. Of course it was different. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Um, and, and it's always a challenge, I, I think, to to hire for culture as well as kind of talent and, and skill because it's almost, you know, two very different, you know, recruitment processes and um what what's really interesting what i just found you said is you know really defining the what the culture is what what you want the almost the ethos of the culture to be and then actually you nurture that with the away days and the team events and and, uh, and for me i think that's really really um important because i i think some businesses they they have the away days and the team events and they look at that and, you know, and, and that's that sort of culture bit, you know, ticked off. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, but, but I think that's a great way to look at it. That that's the stuff that nurtures actually the, you know, the vision of the culture that, that you want to, to, to be mm -hmm. creating. 
Yes. And I think recruiting for culture doesn't mean we have to recruit one type of person. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, this is the perfect winch design employee. I think we can all be very different, but have, but share the same, um, some of the same values. And so long as we're passionate about what we do, even if we're completely different personalities and different nationalities, different everythings, um, all the better. Um, say Andrew and I, or um, Simon and Jim, my co-directors, we're all very different personality types. Simon's an architect. Jim is 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 you know this meticulous um, genius designer. I'm a business person. We're very different, um, and you know different brain waves and brain profiles but we share this passion so um so that's that's part of the success as well yeah really great so up to your career in, you know you, you look at the back of your career up, up to now you know what what's something that you're kind of really most proud of well, I would say not because we've just been discussing it, but I would say that becoming employee owned uh, and kind of uh, being at the helm while that was happening um, was a real highlight of my career. And I would say, especially because of when we did it, we did it in the middle of the pandemic. Um, so yeah. timing was such that... Um, yeah, it was a really difficult time and we pulled through it. And not only did we pull through it, but we managed to, to, to sell the company to the Employee Ownership Trust, which is now the sole shareholder of the company. Um, and all of this, um, like this on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, well. So, um, so, so that was really challenging. And it, it was sort of the, the, as I said, the the end of a phase of work that, that I, I had been brought on at Winch to ensure, you know, the next 35 years that we were going to have a succession plan that we were going to be able to continue because that's really what our founders wanted um, is for, for the, the, the ethos of the company to continue for the long term. And this is the way that we found to do it. So, so that made me very proud, um, but also just pulling through, I would say, the pandemic in general. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have to think back to this different era, uh, say March 2020. We didn't know it was going to happen. And uh, the market went really quiet for a couple of months. Mm. It was really challenging personal time for everyone. Um, it was a very sad time and it was very stressful. Some of us were homeschooling and or, or dealing with sick um, loved ones and and trying to do our jobs at the same time. So so that was it was a really difficult time. And I, I was so um, in awe of how the team showed resilience and pulled through. And then the market really picked up very fast and mm -hmm. we were able to sort of capture some of those opportunities, um, which was fantastic. But it, it was it was hard work and I really feel like um, the team uh, got closer together at that time as well, just because when we go through hardship together, I think we we become a closer knit team. Um, so that was quite quite special in a way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, there was no doubt that the the pandemic was. I've heard it referred to as the you know the leadership challenge of a generation, right? Mm -hmm. So I have 
huge amounts of respect for any business that probably went into the pandemic with such a strong culture uh, and, you know, kind of empl employee um, togetherness that, that they, to be able to very quickly achieve great things either through the pandemic or straight afterwards is a huge testament clearly to the, the culture of winch. So um, yes. And it's fantastic to, to hear that obviously we all came out of that and, and incredibly busy. And, and that really brings us quite nicely onto, you know, the present and now. So, you know the the employee the employee ownership's in place. The pandemic's out the way. You know we're all super busy. What what's happening in the business right now? What what's exciting right now? So I think we're it's an interesting time. I think it's. Um, I was hearing uh, Sir Tim Smith, um, the founder of um, uh, what is it called, the uh, Eden Project, mm -hmm. and he spoke at one of our away days. He was one of the great um speakers um he he's very no nonsense and he was saying it's the most exciting time to be alive um right now so much is is happening and i think from my vantage point i think we're kind of bracing ourselves for a global recession let's not lie to ourselves that is coming that's what the economists are are saying um we have the challenges of, of inflation um, so inflation in terms of um, our own costs, labor costs and other costs, and also for our clients, that means who are thinking of building yachts, et cetera, that, that that's impacting their projects as well. And it's kind of changing the way we're having to adapt to a world of high inflation, which in my lifetime or yours, we've not, we've never known. So, um, so, so it's really challenging for that, but there's plenty of opportunity and I think that the um, our clients are still have a huge appetite for projects um, across the board, and uh, I think the key is to be very well diversified. So if you're a very small business and you've got all your eggs in one basket, say you only have Russian clients, then you're in trouble. Um, or you only had Russian clients, now you're in trouble. And so it's. It's super important, I think, um, that the industry um, is in tune with that and makes sure that they they have a diversity of services that they offer, uh, geographies that they're that they're working in, um, and you know, in our case, multiple industries as well because we do residential and, and aviation and yachts. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I, I've seen in my six. Six years uh, uh, in at Winch Design, you know, we'll, we'll have a slightly stronger year in uh, um, one department, and then the next year it's the it's the flip side is 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 the reverse, and, and just we flip around. So I think that's a good way of capturing opportunity. Mm. That's really, really interesting and some great advice there for businesses, I suppose, who are starting to brace for what is is coming down the road. And um I mean, we, we, you know, we always look at certainly the design industry as a little bit of is one of the best ways to to kind of um, get a feel for what is coming down the road because obviously yeah. the design process is is really what comes first ahead of the build or ahead of a, a, a project or a refit and then that impacts then the builders themselves then of course the equipment manufacturers yeah. and and so on and so yeah. forth and yeah. um, uh, what. What what are you you know? Yes, we know the global 
uh, situation and, and and recessions potentially on the way or you know here already you because some would argue but from a design point of view what are you seeing right now is there still appetite for more and more projects is the type of projects changing is there uh maybe a new type of client asking for new things i mean what what's different now i suppose to maybe two three four years ago well i would say we're having even more conversations that than we had three four years ago so um so if you're looking at us as a as a sign of what's to come i would say it's extremely positive um where the demand is coming from has changed so we're a little bit more westward focused than eastward. Um, I would say the American market um, is very strong. American clients, as we know, love yachting and the strong dollar is helping. So there's huge appetite there. And with that and with underlying trends, I think that we are seeing different types of projects, many more explorer yachts um, concepts that, that we're doing and in build. Uh, that we're doing than uh, a few years ago. We've been talking about the Explorer yacht trend for years, but I feel this year for us, it's really taking off. Um, we launched the XV67 concept with Heeson uh, in Monaco, and we've had a huge amount of interest um, in, in, in that concept. Uh, 67 meter, packed with toys, a true Explorer with the luxury and the the... The, the true explorer credentials, uh, a yacht you can really take anywhere. Uh, and, and I think what's also pushing that market is that there's strong demand in the charter market for um, charter in um, unexplored areas. And I think the brokers were saying in Monaco, we were really trying to convince the owners of yachts to charter in those waters. Um, they are sure to find uh, an interested party um, if they if they take that risk. And so, anyway, I think that's really happening. Uh, we also have a, a forty six meter explorer in build, uh, which is really exciting for um, uh, a family, and uh, and it's 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 going to be a family adventure. Um, filled with um, lots of sustainable materials, et cetera. So it's 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 a really um, a really fantastic project that that we're working on. Slightly smaller than what you would you know you'd think of winch for sometimes some of the larger sized um, projects, but we're really um, also looking at um, those uh, different projects. Um, yeah, we we've um, we're also working on some multi-hull concepts, which we can't really talk about for the moment. Um, lots of sailing yachts. So um, let's see what's to come. I, I I feel very optimistic because I just see a huge amount of demand and a huge amount of activity at the moment, and um, and I think that that will, as you say, um, as our projects are for to sometimes five years long, mm. that gives us some visibility of what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it's the, the, just go back to the Explorer Yacht um, piece for a, for a moment. And you're right, it's been a real hot conversation for 
for sort of such a long time now. And, 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 you know, a lot of the people I speak to also feel that, you know, the Explorer, this is now the time for the, the big Explorer, Explorer Yacht Revolution, if you like. And, um, uh, what, what, is there anything particularly you think is really kind of driving that, you know, now is the time where, you know, it is finally going to happen to maybe the level we we all expect. The interest I, we touched on it before is that a new new client? Is that a, a current client that with with new ambitions or being braver? It, it, what's the catalyst? Um, I, I don't know that I can answer that question um, mm. with any kind of authority, but I, I do feel that they are new clients, so it's expanding the market. Um, people who might not have been just classic yacht buyers, and but they do want to have an explorer, and so I think that's where um, it's expanding into completely new clients. And I think maybe it's also what happened with the pandemic is it has changed a lot of perspectives, and people feel like they. So you know, you could get, have an explorer doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to circumnavigate and spend months um, watching penguins. You might, mm. and you might have scientists on board and you, you might do all of those things, but it's, it's, the, it's the possibility. Mm. Um, for some clients, uh, they, they want to know that they have autonomy and they can go certain you know hundreds of thousands of nautical miles. Um, they might not want to or have to, but they want to know that they have the possibility of doing those things. So I think that people's worlds have expanded. They do want the possibility of being able to explore the world, to get away from everything, to to have experiences that are completely unique. And I think with what's happened in the last few years, we will realize that life is short. We have to, those dreams that we had of exploring this part of the world or that part of the world, um, if you are able to do them now, then now is the time. Mm. Um, you, you also touched on uh, one of the projects. It's you know filled with a lot of sustainable sustainable products, and you know sustainability again is a is a big discussion across certainly the super yacht sector right now. And are you seeing with maybe this new customer interest or this new client interest a new interest in in sustainability becoming much more of a priority with with what you what you're talking about with the, the clients yes i definitely have seen this in the last 12 to 18 months we were certainly doing a lot of background research uh for for, for years now mm. into sustainable materials in particular because we're trying to focus on where within our scope, where we can make an impact. Meanwhile, the shipyards are looking at propulsion and, you know, the, the, the air conditioning companies are looking at better, better, better ways to reduce the hotel load, et cetera, et cetera. So we're all looking at our own scope and how we can have a positive impact. For us, it was mainly around sustainable materials, but not only. And But what has changed is we now have a library. We have a sustainability specialist who's 100% dedicated to that. We have a library that we can call upon for all our projects. But what's really changed is that the clients themselves are asking us now. So it's okay. becoming, and, and not even, I wouldn't say all the clients, but many more clients are making this uh, one of their top two or three topics that they want to talk to us about. And oh, so... Brilliant. 
that has really changed. And, and, and we're glad that we've done all this research because we want to be the most knowledgeable in um, this new, um, innovative, uh, but yet exquisite and exciting and, and luxurious material that we propose to, to, to use in, in your project. Um, and I think that's, that's really changed. And the, obviously the new generations are also pushing and some of our projects are multi-generational might have a grandfather and, and a son and a, and, and a grandson involved. The new generation is obviously pushing as well. Um, a lot is happening. And as you will have seen in Monaco as well, all the stands were focused on sustainability. Mm. Um, there was something there and, and, I think all the companies are actually putting um, substantial R&D behind it because this is what we've discovered. It's You can't just click your fingers and, and, yeah. and, and have sustainable solutions there. It takes a lot of research mm. um, and verification to check that what you think is sustainable is actually the right thing to choose. Yeah. With the... You said there about innovation along with sustainability, and it, and it certainly feels to me that both within sustainability and 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 just in general in our industry, like the the innovation that's needed or happening or developments that are happening in our industry uh, right now, uh, I personally feel the industry has never been such an exciting place to come into and, and and really you know the projection going forward of of the, a concept of coming into it to an industry which really is leading on uh innovation and design and 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 kind of being brave with with concepts do you think that requires businesses to maybe look at a different type of person when they when they're doing their recruitment they're coming in you know you know identifying the right people for their business does it does it need a new type of person within the business to keep up with maybe that that innovation and those new ideas and that new type of customer? Well, um, I'm sure it does because um, I, well, I, I truly believe that the yacht industry, the yachting industry, can be like what Formula One is for the automotive industry. We have. Um, budgets and um, clients like patrons who allow us to to push the boundaries and hopefully to find these exciting solutions which could apply to the marine industry at large or um, and obviously we can also take inspiration from what innovation there is in the marine industry or elsewhere and and bring them into um, in, into our projects but but, but we do all have this challenge and I'm glad that the clients are challenging us now. Um, I would say R&D uh, needs creativity and, but you also, as a leader, you also need to allow, if you are hiring creatives and people who have different skill sets, scientific backgrounds, analysts, you know, it takes lots of village really to make these things happen. You also need to leave it alone. And we can learn from what other companies do to encourage creativity as they, they generally um, create small teams and kind of let them, um, you need to give them a budget, you need to give them the means that they need. And then you have to also let them exist um, all, almost to one side from the business and then bring it back into the business. So that's kind of what we did with 
on a small scale, I would say with sustainable materials is our sustainability specialist, Alex. She was researching all of these things and we had to protect her from the demands of the business. Like, could you do this? Could you do that? And at the same time, then you have to reconnect it back into your day-to-day and make sure that it's relevant so that all the things that she's researched, all these materials that they're then used for the projects. So I guess it would be the same thing for, for a shipyard if they've got a team researching fuel cell technology and hydrogen, et cetera. You kind of need to let them do their thing, but then you need to weave it back into your business. And I think that's an interesting leadership challenge that we're probably, as you said, the first one was the pandemic. Now we have this new leadership challenge, which is how do you um, encourage and foster this innovation that we all desperately need? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, the, with sustainability and and the real focus in the industry, you know, which which I believe is, you know, over the last kind of five years, I suppose, is really rocketed. I, it does feel that the, the the industry is really really tuned into it, which is which is great, not just from an opportunity point of view, but a responsibility point of view as well. And I think that's that's certainly the shift in in my opinion. But um, I know that actually also something that yourself personally and Winch is very passionate about is is the environmental um, you know impact of our our industry specifically you know uh, in the oceans and the 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 impact to, right now to to our oceans in general and um, I'd love to hear a bit more about uh, the work that you're doing with with Winch and and obviously yourself as well in in that area. Yeah, so we've we've been supporting the Blue Marine Foundation uh, for about a decade when they started. And um, and that was through the London to Monaco bike ride, which has been a a great fundraiser, but also a great awareness booster, I think, for the the whole yachting industry of how important this cause was. Um, I think it's, we've really switched into a different gear now because the research that they're doing and the work they're doing is also showing that if we can save the oceans, they will save us. So it's not just, okay, the yachting industry needs pristine oceans. So because if if there are no reefs and no fish to see, then, then the whole yachting experience suffers. We're now beyond that and into obviously with the, with the climate challenge that we have and it's COP27 at the moment mm-hmm. has just started. Uh, we know that um, climate change is is incredibly important um, challenge to tackle. And what the research is showing is that the ocean is actually the solution to this. They, the oceans absorb far more um, uh, carbon dioxide um, and greenhouse gases, et cetera, than, than, um, than land. So um, actually just last night, um, we, uh, Andrew Winch and I went to a talk in Westminster uh, by Charles Clover, and he he uh, gave me this book, uh, which he signed, which I haven't read yet, but it's How to Save the Oceans. And um, lots of, uh, he, he gave us a bit of a summary, um, and that there were ministers there, et cetera, just, just um, supporting this. Um, lots of easy wins. And that's what I like about it is that when you protect a marine area, um, like like Blue Marine did with Ascension Island, uh, which Peter Lurson um, donated um, for this marine protected area, the the, the great the, the largest um, in 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 the Atlantic Ocean, within a few years, 
um, life had returned, and and it's and it and with the support of um, local communities and with education of children, and you know the the, the helping the local communities pivot from fishing and uh, the other things that we're doing towards tourism and um, other activities, then you within two, three years, it's just, it's completely transformed. So I think this is where um, we should really all focus, rewilding the sea and uh, that's kelp and marine life and um, protecting the oceans from um, trawling. So it's not against fishing. It's actually great for fishermen um, to encourage uh, the fish to return. Um, and the, the fish stock has been depleted. And the fish absorb all this, this greenhouse gas. So, so we, we need them for so many different reasons. So I think, again, this is something we all feel really strongly about. It started with the end of the line. I don't know if you remember that documentary, very powerful yeah. documentary called The End of the Line. Now it's yeah. about rewilding. And we're rewilding on land. And 10% of land as uh, a target in the UK, 10% of land is, um, is, is protected. Yet less than 1% of our British um, seas are protected. So, so why shouldn't we protect at least 10%? Uh, same as on land. So, so I think these debates are all happening at, at the right time. It's COP27. The, our country is going through a lot of debate at the moment um, about environmental laws, etc. So it's, it's a good time to get informed, find out the facts and, and get involved. Mm, absolutely and of course you know they you know the, the the yachting industry can can play a big part with that and and the, you know the awareness piece and uh you know we hope that we'll continue to to support and get the message out there like some of the charities have and you know um and and i know that's important to a lot of businesses yeah so um, you know, it's been brilliant chatting to you uh, i've absolutely loved this conversation but we have to bring it to a close. And um, we always like to finish our chats by asking, you know, an important question to our guests. You know, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who uh, listen to it because they're considering the, the marine industry or maybe at the beginning of their careers, and they want to hear from successful people um, and their journeys. And we always ask for our guests to give one piece of advice so if you could give one piece of advice to somebody maybe at the beginning of their career or considering coming into the yachting industry, what would that be? Um, I would say go for it. I found it's been a very uh, welcoming industry. And the one piece of advice I would give is um, dream big. You know, anything's possible. I never thought I would be the CEO of a, of a yacht design company, studio. So dream big and a lot of things are possible in this industry. It's, it's a very welcoming uh, and warm um, industry filled with opportunity. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, wow, we've packed a lot in in 40 minutes or so, haven't we? Leadership challenges, um, pandemic, your journey, the business, industry trends, uh, sustainability and environmental. So thank you so much. It's been a Thank you. It's a pleasure, James. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get back on sometime to, to give us an update of, of everything that's happening with you. 
would love to. Thank you very much, Eno. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And of course, thank you again to today's guest. We hope you've enjoyed today's Inside Marine. If you have, please support the podcast by subscribing and giving us a rating, as well as sharing across your social media. It not only helps us get a feel for our audience, but it really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by many more people. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, Inside Marine Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Inside Marine Pod. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time for more great stories on Inside Marine.